the reason why I wanted to write Unprepared to Entrepreneur is when I started my entrepreneurial journey, for whatever reasons it was, there's no real guide on how to start and reference points to people that look and feel like us, ordinary people doing extraordinary things who just want to change their lives. Today we're talking to Sonia Barlow, the founder of Like-Minded Females, TEDx speaker, author and radio show host. And we're talking all about entrepreneurialism because last weekend it was World Entrepreneur Day and the whole of this week we're going to be celebrating entrepreneurs. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, powered by the Harvey Nash Group, where we interview leaders from across the industry and bring you a little bit of technology news. On today's show, we have Akesh. How are you? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. So going out Tuesday, but this is Monday. So how was your weekend? Yeah, it was all right. Nothing, nothing too fancy. Just, um, just saw some family, really, and made uh, well, waited for that heat wave that we we're meant to have in August. Uh, don't, oh yeah. <laughs> don't think it's coming yet by the by, no. by the events that took place yesterday, where it was just pissing it down. Well, it could be worse. It could be in Tennessee, where there are truly awful kind of flooding. Uh, I, I think New York's getting battered by a hurricane or something, isn't it? It's just yeah. Or we could be New Zealand and in, in another national lockdown. So there is that. So uh, not doing that. I was down near Portsmouth on uh, Saturday. It's quite Sunday. far from you, isn't it? Saturday, it was Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. uh, yes, yeah, about two hours away. My brother-in-law was playing in a concert, kind of a, a prom spectacular. Ooh. They had the Tigers um, Army Parachute Acrobatics team, and there was there was someone firing um, a Spitfire, and so there was lots of little bits and pieces, fireworks, and all this kind of stuff. Um, someone flying a Spitfire. Yeah, there was someone flying a Spitfire overhead as well. Yeah, so it was like acrobatics in it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's lots of stuff. And then a full orchestra playing things like, um, you know, like last night, the yeah, prompt yeah. type stuff, and also uh, all sorts of kind of quite popular kind of classical music stuff. It was it was a lot of fun. reason why I'm mentioning it, I, um, yeah, my mother-in-law, bless her, um, we went. It was, you kind of get the idea. It's like prompt in a park type thing. Everyone turning up with like picnic benches and um, and lots of seating and they're taking like alcohol um sausage rolls mm. typically very english lots of people in union jacks <laughs> we didn't have any of that stuff so my mother-in-law thought it would be a really good idea to take some tarpaulin that had been down in the hall to do some painting <laughs> <laughs> everyone else with their super lovely stuff everyone uh, else with their like <laughs> fortnum and mason like picnic baskets sort of and like... we have a plastic see-through sheet ground sheet <laughs> You're trying to make it a bit hipster, are you? And some bean bags. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Bring a bit of shortage. We got there and um, uh, we sat in front of this. Well, sorry, we weren't. We, we, we arrived in this space in front of this couple who put in the effort and had all their lovely stuff and were having like a nice little outdoors picnic and stuff. And the weather was nice. Mm. And uh, my mother and law went to get this tarpaulin out. And I was just like, anyone want a coffee? I need the toilet. Mm. <laughs> I am getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> so you, 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 don't, you don't want to be seen at that initial phase, you know, when they look over with disgust and just like wean your way in a little bit later. Who on. are these tramps? <laughs> are you guys lost? <laughs> Thankfully, oh. his sense was seen and, and the plastic sheet did not come out. And the, the beanbags did. 
fair enough, bit weird, but whatever. Not as bad as the plastic ground sheet. But yeah. Oh, God. Funny. Very good. Very good. I dare say that she would be a failed entrepreneur in another life. Um, lots of, of ideas, not necessarily good ones. Uh, but we are talking about entrepreneurship because at the weekend it was World Entrepreneur Day. We love a world something day, but there we go. It was World Entrepreneur Day. So the podcast this week are all about entrepreneurship and ideas and business. First one with Sonia Barlow. And then on Friday, we were in the Dream Factory with Graham Hussey. So loads of interesting stuff coming up this week around ideas and building your own business. Hand over to the interview with Sonia and we'll come back with some comments afterwards. I think this is the first interview I've recorded in person for the podcast in a year and a half. I'm really glad that it's me then, who's number one, first with you on this podcast that you've recorded in person. Hello, Sonia. In the last 18 months. What's going on? Hi. (laughs) Is that a small ego trip? Yeah, I can feel my ego tripping. Good. I I felt it do a somersault on my head, and I feel like all perky about it, so I'm I'm happy. Okay, so you've been on the podcast before, but for anyone who hasn't heard you, uh, you've had quite a busy 18 months, really. (laughs) Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> let's, let's go through things. You're, you're now a LinkedIn change maker. Yes, I'm one of eight out of 800 million. Still though, how many people are on LinkedIn total? Yeah, 800 million-ish. Oh, and you're one of eight. Yeah. That's pretty that's Thank pretty you. Good. One of eight in the UK and Europe, but absolutely one of eight It's still, you know, how many people are in the UK and Europe? Yes, exactly. exactly. I'm not going to answer that question. Well, there are 75 million in the UK. I don't know about Europe. Okay. I think it's like 350 million, 400 million, but that's a guess, and it could be well out. Um, (laughs) uh, You are also the host of The Everyday Hustle on the BBC. Yes, I finally have my own radio show. Oh, look at you. I'm so excited. It's been like so many years in the making and a number of rejections from other radio shows. I'm really glad that the BBC believed in me, and it's going really well. Uh, You have a book coming out? I do. 3rd of October is a release date in the UK, and then I believe it's around the 24th of October in the US and Canadian markets. Unprepared to entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And your case study number one. That's worrying. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't think it's an endorsement for the book. I think so. Your story's awesome. <laughs> and of course, like-minded females, which is the thing that we had you on the show for. And you're shaking your head like we shouldn't, we shouldn't, that is not an afterthought. No, it's not. But I think it's, it's wild that one idea that I had three years ago has now launched my career Mm -hmm. through, through a seeded idea that didn't even work that, you know, to this day is still being refined and iterated and it's still a not for profit. But that one idea has helped me to meet new people such as yourselves, um, come into, you know, podcasts like this, perfect my expertise in public speaking and then given me opportunities to build my personal brand around it. Yeah. And then outside of that, you know, launch another business, launch a book, have a radio show and and where public speaking where we mentioned public speaking, we should mention that you've done two TEDx's as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. And for a living I run a diversity and business consultancy. So fundamentally, people are paying me to come in and fix their DNI or business problems, which is all led through communication, stakeholder management, understanding mm-hmm. problems, and then facilitating that learning, implementing it. Now, I'm not just blowing up your ego for no particular reason. I'm doing it because uh, I think Saturday, 
gone. Mm. So Saturday, the time of recording, but it'll be last week now because this will be going out Thursday or Friday following, is World Entrepreneur Day. And don't we love a day? Uh, but it seems quite relevant given that you have a book going out called Unprepared to Entrepreneur. Thank you. And honestly, my ego is not really blowing up, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I do feel fairly humbled because I think I do a lot and I'm just a busybody. Mm. So often people remind me that I'm doing X or I'm doing Y or I have a book coming out or I've got a radio show. Because well, you listen, it's quite a lot. Yeah, exactly. And in my mind, I'm just trying to do the next thing mm. or trying to chase the next dream or trying to see how I can help other people achieve their dreams. So for me, it's, you, you do kind of think in 18 months, like, that you, you, I have done a lot and it's awesome, but it's through, through the network, right? Yeah. And so the reason why I wanted to write Unprepared to Entrepreneur is when I started my entrepreneurial journey, for whatever reasons it was, there's no real guide on how to start and reference points to people that look and feel like us, ordinary people doing extraordinary things who just want to change their lives. And so when I started, I you know obviously went on Google and was like, how do you start a business? There's a lot of how-tos or what-to-dos, but then by the end of the page, it'd be like, if you want more information, pay here. Or if you want this, read this, or listen to this, or, you know, or a lot of stories where people have come from wealth or generational education. And my point being is I just don't think those stories are um, accessible for the common person who's just trying mm. to change and, and better their life. What I like about that is that <clears throat> I, I share your opinion around what an entrepreneur looks like. I think those people who are in the industry get that. Mm -hmm. But hopefully there'll be people listening who maybe don't have experience um, of, of what the London tech scene is or even the Manchester or whatever else, you know, but don't know what, what the technology sector looks like, whose idea of entrepreneurialism, and this is quite ironic, and I'll say why in a second, but their idea of entrepreneurialism is The Apprentice. Mm -hmm. And it suits. And I say it's ironic because we're sitting in the Heron Tower, which is often one of the <laughs> shots, the aerial shots <laughs> that they use in The Apprentice. Um, but it's this slightly old-school glamorized version which isn't even particularly glamorous no. of people in suits and shiny shoes and old white men that you have to pitch ideas to which unfortunately that bit is possibly still and relevant. even though women but, women who you may say you're a businesswoman or you may say you're an entrepreneur who you know identifies as a female well then it's oh okay so where's your suit where's your heels where's your briefcase where's your bag i like to walk around in my converses and i'm pretty chilled out but saying that, I promise you, every conversation I have with somebody, they don't believe I am who I am, or I run a business, or that I, I you know, the point being is, I don't fit into that, um, that idea of an entrepreneur, because mm. I don't walk around like I have shiny shoes, or a nice suit, or I'm rolling around in money. You're just a normal person trying to hustle every day to get food on the table. And I think that's where I want to bring entrepreneurship back is to say entrepreneurship is not trying to, you know, just be the next Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. That's a great idea. But entrepreneurship is us being able to be financially independent and have independence in our calendars and manage our time and be able to um, kind of get involved in the activities that we want mm -hmm. to make, you know, money, which basically rules the world right now. So look, thinking about the book, um, you do have a number of different case studies in it. Yes. What stuff sticks out? You know, if you're talking to an audience and 
they are interested in entrepreneurialism, but they don't really know what it is, or they hadn't thought about it in as simple terms as trying to put food on the table and give yourself autonomy and independence. What stuff sticks out is kind of, this, this is the kind of stuff that you should think about. This is, this is actually what real entrepreneurialism is. Yeah, I think the first thing is changing that ideal definition of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is just the activity of going out and starting a business or launching a side hustle or trying to become your own boss of some kind, right? Really, really simply. And though that's not kind of the addiction definition, that's what we're trying to achieve. The second is not everyone is there trying to get rich. People are trying to be entrepreneurs just to have some kind of control over a certain area of their life or build their passion projects into something that they really enjoy. I think that's an interesting distinction because entrepreneurship tends to be you did something to make money. Yes. Yeah. But you did something to make money and it could be something that you really enjoy. Hmm. It could be a hobby that you want to commercialize. Fundamentally, yes, entrepreneurship has a money angle to it. So it's how do you have an idea and then how can you make money off that idea? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be in the FTSE 100. You could just be enjoying it yourself. The third is that you need money to start. Actually, most of the case studies, and not all of them, tell us you need a stable income from somewhere else and then you need to do this on the side to see if it even works. No one that I know of that started a business has just quit their job and is like, right, tomorrow I'm going to start a business. They've been working on it in the sidelines for 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, trying to see if it even stands alone as an idea before they take that leap. And the fourth, and I think right now in this day and age, most important thing is you need a global social presence. You don't need a bazillion followers on any social presence, sorry, on any social platform, but you need to be searchable. If I, if you're selling a product or a service or a tool, or you know, if you have decided you are now a coach all the way to a consultant, um, or if you're selling something on Etsy, let's say, I wanna be able to search you and I want you to prove that you are who you are I want to know your story. I want to know why I'm buying something from you. Because there's a, it's a hyper-competitive world, right? Everyone has, and I say everyone, but most people have an online presence. Let's use LinkedIn as an example. And during the pandemic, everyone is now a career coach. Everyone is a confidence coach. Everyone is now a DNI expert. And apparently everyone's making six figures in the first year of their business, right? Clubhouse is a great example. You go on any clubhouse, clubhouse room... I don't... I, Everyone's trying to make you rich. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know, I, should, I just don't like it. I, try, I, I had FOMO. Right. So I have a Huawei phone, completely different subject that we can talk about another day. Um, Clubhouse was only on iPhone. I got tons and tons and tons of messages being like, Sonia, you need to be on here. You love to talk. This is for you. So I went to my mom's house. I was like, I need an iPhone, like a spare one. Took it, jumped on Clubhouse, did it for two weeks. And I was like, I'm, I can't go on it again. It just doesn't serve the purpose. Mm. It's you, The user interface isn't great. There's a lot of waiting around. You know, how do you even know when people have stopped talking? I think people raise their hands and at the end it's like, I'm done talking, someone else can come. And it, it's just not like a podcasty vibe, and nor is it. I think for me, I just didn't really find it accessible. And pulling it back onto that point, it's just a lot of noise, so it doesn't yeah. help someone stand out. Yeah, exactly. And going back to the book, Unprepared to Entrepreneur is... How do you get away from all that noise that's already out there? Hmm. How do you stop comparing yourself to the people that come in the media or on the TV to say, here's what entrepreneurship and here's what it looks like? How do we get away from that idea that you have to constantly work or be on and never get sleep, never rest? And 
The fifth thing is, you know, what people don't realize is to become an entrepreneur, to go down that journey, you also have to make your own like baby sacrifices, right? At the end of the book, I talk about my 11 learnings. And one of them is how do you balance being a boss with a family or relationships or friendships? Because the last 18 months have been wild. They've been hectic. But I, when I, when I started the journey, you know, I messaged my friends, I messaged my family being like, I'm trying to build something. And I would say I probably haven't had the chance or opportunity to really um, kind of massage or, or foster those relationships in the same way that I would have wanted because my energy is going to building the businesses, doing the connections, kind of, you know, building the network and then just making sure at the end of the day, I'm watching Netflix with my partner for three hours, having dinner and not on, on, on my phone. So one thing I want to ask you before we finish this up, because I think this is quite interesting for anyone who is interested in in entrepreneurship. How do you validate an idea? Or what insight have you gleaned from other entrepreneurs about how to validate that idea? Because there's a big leap from going, I've got an idea to starting a business. Mm-hmm. And when you go into the world of um, work, people talk about product market fit which will feel quite alien to a lot of people who possibly haven't been in that world before. And they'll go, well, what the hell does that mean? Mm-hmm. So in very simple terms, do you have any, let's say hacks. It's terrible, isn't it? Terrible work. But <laughs> let's, let's, how, how do you validate that idea in a simple way? Yeah, so let's say you have an idea and it's a photography business, just making that sort. Or, you know, we've got pastries in front of us. Actually, it's a, it's a baking business. Take pictures of what you're baking. Put it on Pinterest. Put it on Instagram. Use the right hashtags. Get the following up. And then... Do baby focus groups with your family, with your friends, with strangers. See if they like it. Product market fit or validating an idea is really simply just making sure that other people actually like it, that they want to buy it, that they see something from it. Try that out for four to six weeks. Get some feedback, use the data, reiterate and do it again. I mean, you know, we started the conversation with like-minded females. When I started in 2018, no one attended our brunches. No one came to the events. No one wanted anything to do with it. So you had to reiterate. You had to jump off LinkedIn, go on Instagram. You had to go off Instagram, go offline. You had to message people to say, what is it you actually want so I can make sure that works? And three years into our journey, we're still figuring that out, as are you with this podcast. So, you know. Oh, I just put it out there and hope you like it. Exactly. <laughs> but then you get feedback, you get messages, yeah. you get ratings, whatever your measure of success is. Mm-hmm. Often people's measure of success is how many likes they get. Yeah. But actually, that isn't even valid because people may be liking it, but they're not converting. Or people may not be liking it, but they're looking or reading or listening. Well, there's a hell of a lot of scrolling on Instagram and just double tapping without really thinking. We spend over three hours online. Yeah, around one hour a day on average on Instagram, aimlessly scrolling. So I just don't think that, to your point, is, is a valid measure of success. So you have to go back and define what your measure of success is, go out and do the work, but most definitely don't be put off with the first, second or third failure because actually a failure is just one step closer to success. Lastly, uh, The Everyday Hustle, is it on BBC Sounds? Yes, so it's every Monday 10pm or live on BBC Asia Network. Yeah, and then come it on, that's, is, not, that's old hat, come on, Sounds. And then it is on BBC Sounds cool. throughout. There so it is available as a podcast version. 10pm Mondays, but then whenever you want. Absolutely, whenever you want. So, yeah, really, I mean, I just can't believe I have a radio show. You know, I haven't listened. (laughs) I will. I don't think you should say that publicly. No, but I will. No, I'm chastising myself 
on this. All right. Because I am going to listen. So for those who are listening, you know please what? tweet, message, Instagram, DM David to ask him if he's actually listened and which episode is his favourite. I'm going to listen between now, recording, 19th, and this going out, which will be like in a week's time. And when we record the bit that goes with the rest, I will talk about the episodes I've listened to. Normally when I run, it's music or football podcasts, all right? Well, you don't know that you, we don't have those kind of guests. The great thing about the Everyday Hustle is it's it's different people. It's everyone from everywhere who that's are fine, yeah, to that's, share that's, their that's, journey. That's fair. That's, that's me and my box. Yeah. Thank you. Always. All right, first of all, Keisha, I've got to tell you, I have, because Sonia will be listening, I have now listened to an episode of The Everyday Hustle. Mm-hmm. She have. knows I have, because I, I tweeted her basically all the way through, like okay. quotes and stuff from it. Okay. But I have. Yeah, yeah. I uh, haven't. Was, I haven't, so. No, no, well. Yeah, so, and, sorry, Sonia. Disclaimer, um, folks, or maybe not disclaimer, but extra info. Um, Akeisha's known Sonia for a very long time, so that might even hurt her further that Akeisha's not listened to. Do you know what? Do you know what? She she won't. I I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I've known her for a long time. Uh, But her dad, and and this is our kind of our relationship. Her dad was um, my dad's best man at my parents' wedding. So. Funny how the world is small. Yeah, weird, isn't it? Um, but yeah, no. But um, every time I've spoken to a dad about her, he's super proud of her. So yeah, well done, Sonia. Anyway, back to the podcast. <laughs> back to the podcast. Lovely. That's Akisha's way of getting out the fact that he hasn't listened to a radio show. Uh, Reeb Sadiq. <laughs> I have listened to Reeb. Kestrel. He's the Kestrel CEO. It was a very good episode. I have to say, what I also really liked, um, there's loads of really good insight in there, and you should go listen to the Everyday Hustle. Sonia does a really good job. Um, uh, it's super slick, obviously, in BBC, and it is on sounds. Um, they also have a little slot where someone gets in touch and talks about their business. And it was it was this girl talking about – I shouldn't say girl, sorry. That's terrible of me. But this this person talking about her um, cake business. It was very cool. I liked it. Mm, mm. And th- nice. That, it wasn't just, like, super tech. Yeah, anyway, sorry. That, that, that cake business, I mean, all these, like, baking businesses and that sort of stuff, um, that's been massive in lockdown. Like – huge right like every, mm. i think everyone is honed in into what skill is their best not uh, and I, I don't necessarily think it's, it's been that th- these businesses have been born out of actually earning money to be honest i think it's been more out of staying busy and having something to look forward to and having that yeah. kind of ambition and growth and she, she kind of alluded to it in the interview about just having just keep trying to have that idea to just keep going right and and it was the whole kind of element of just striving and, and keep doing things especially given the blimmin last well, best part of two years that everyone's had well it, i think it comes through that it's not about money necessarily it's about independence it's about mm. it's about being able to be in control of your life of your career um that's what entrepreneurship is really all about isn't it mm. you've, you've got something that you're passionate about and you want to turn it into something that that you care about. I mean, some of the most successful podcasts, sorry, some of the most successful founders rather that we've had on the business are people who are fixing a problem rather than trying to build a business. And we've said that many, many times. And I think that's reflected in the sentiment of of, of the comments that Sonia makes. Yeah. And I think also when, I think when you've got that passion, what's that saying? Yeah, find find something you love and it won't be called work is, is, is that is that the saying 
Like there's it sounds it sounds plausible. Uh no, do you know what? Hold on. I'm gonna it was on uh I'll tell you where I saw it. I actually saw it this morning. Love what you do. No, no, yeah. Love what you do and you'll never have to work another day in your life. Yeah, That's okay. what it was. So I think I think when I think of entrepreneurship or when I listen to that, that kind of resonated pretty well. Um because it was like you got a passion, you've got a, a love for something or to do something, make a change. Whether that's with the product service type of business that you're you're doing or you know, with within Sonia's kind of mm. area, how she's raising so much awareness and helping build a platform, a community, helping people to really I guess not just herself, but but others around her who she can also help and, and kind of drive and build some confidence with. Um I think that's that's when I think of an entrepreneur or kind of some of the traits that are needed, that is definitely up there. Um, I, I think the other thing that comes through is that it's about being able to adapt and to respond to situations, which obviously people and businesses have had to kind of pivot and 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 do that successfully throughout the course of the of the pandemic. And um, she says it there, you know, it's a, it, she said it's a wild one. Or it's a wild idea. Wild that that the idea that she had three years ago has launched a career, um, and that's then helped her meet people and perfect her expertise in public speaking and given her opportunities. And that's the thing. It's it's that one idea that could launch so many other opportunities. There's so many other doors that open for you, mm-hmm. uh, and it's about being able to kind of spot that. And, and say yes to those opportunities and, and, and kind of build on that base. Mm. And I think, I think when you mention that wild ideas, right, I think, you, I think they have to be out there. Like, you know, no, no entrepreneur kind of has an idea, which is the norm, so to speak, yeah. right. It will always be something a little bit kind of, you know, a bit, a bit extreme and a bit out there. Like, I mean, can you call Jeff Bezos an entrepreneur now? I probably can, but you know, I'm sure when he started to sell books out of a garage, it was a bit like it's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit out there. Why don't you just go to a bookshop and do it like the normal way? Do you know what I mean? And like, look, look, look at the big names in the world, Elon Musk. But away from that, look at look at the people that we've had on this pod. Like, start with a little idea, and then it grows into a business, and it then just propels someone's. Mm. kind of ideas careers and and i think with with someone like sonia to be honest yeah three years ago it probably seemed a bit mental you know when you're just in like a normal job trying to have some sort of stability money career blah de, blah de, blah and then you have an idea and it's it's that like weird light bulb moment right where it's just like something goes off and then it's like well actually i'm gonna go after this and kind of see what happens but fair play to stick stick at it i think that's probably the hard yeah. thing I mean, and I think it's worth worth saying you, you can have that idea and you can you can have the success that someone like Sonia's had and it can still be a struggle and it can still be you know uh, the person that she interviews on the everyday hustle um, talks about the fact that you know if you're trying to grow that that huge business that changes your life actually you can't take a huge amount of money out of it so it's pretty tough mm-hmm. um, and you you've got a you've got to kind of hold your your hand in the fire on a lot of these things until they really pay off and it's beginning to for Sonia but it's been three years since that idea um and a lot of a lot of graft it's not kind of hey all of a sudden you've made it and all of a sudden the money comes in that's certainly not the case yeah it's it's, it's, 
it, I don't know if you can draw a direct comparison, but it's a it's a little bit like investing, right? Like if you invest in something and you earn a quick few quid in the first few months, and you suddenly pull out and you you're like, oh well, look, you know, I'm better off, you know, X amount of money now. That might not be the the, the reason, and I think you know when you have or launch a business you launch an idea and you you do become that entrepreneur and start something yourself I think it's I think it's probably easy really um because you are the CEO the COO the CFO you're everything I think it's probably easy just to go actually I've earned a few grand I've done this I'll pull the money out and yeah we'll just kind of see what happens I think that's probably the easiest thing to do but the Mm -hmm. hard thing to do is right We've got a foundation, got something, let's keep building, let's keep going, you know, um, which is probably why I don't think I'll ever be an entrepreneur because I'll just be like, right, here we go, here's the money, see you later, I'm off, pack your bags, let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah. Acacia, you do yourself a disservice. Uh, we will take a quick break and you've stumbled on a quick, a quick link to what happens next. So um, stick with us in 40 seconds or 45 seconds to find out how. A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realised he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. You mentioned Elon Musk. Oh, yes. Elon Musk's in the news. He is. Um, Yeah. Uh, Humanoid Tesla bots are likely to launch next year. What do we make of this today? Uh, Keisha's now wondering what a Tesla bot does. No. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I've actually just Googled it. I'm watching yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, apparently, it's he's given no indication as to kind of how far along the lines they've got with this thing. But um, there is there is the suggestion that it will be there to do tasks that are deemed dangerous. So they will be boring um they will plug the gaps created by labor shortages uh apparently they're gonna it's not going to be super expensive um yeah but able to kind of do things like attaching bots to cars with a spanner picking up groceries so simple simple tasks but plugging plugging that labor gap um which is is interesting yes mm. I, yeah I, to be honest I've, I've just had a look at him i mean it looks like some of those robots out of uh do you remember that movie our robot will smith Oh mate, if, if there's any co- it's concept art, if there's anything, I don't think that that we oh. we actually have seen anything that oh, is, is coming out to okay. Tesla themselves. He's just talking about it at the minute. All oh, right, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think good idea. Um, if there's anyone to do that, I mean, the same. I've just seen a quote in the Guardian of him saying the reason why he's doing this because he sees that the world is about to change and AI is going to take over, and one day in three years' time an average person will solely rely on AI. So I love it. One day in three years time, one, one day, day in, like one day <laughs> in, in like 50 yeah. years. Yeah. One day in three years. Apparently one day in three years, according to the man himself. Uh, so 
God knows what. At least it kind of sounds like science fiction. It's it's in the future, and then you're like, oh, three years? No, that's like tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm trying to work out in three years' time. Like, you know, uh, I don't I don't quite believe it, but I mean, something like that that'd be great, right? I think. Especially, especially the the, the kind of labour intensive jobs and repetitive stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, jobs where where you you could now you know just just program a, a bot a, a machine, um, and they could do it. I think I think that would be great. Do you know what I think they're actually good for? You know how there's like rules and stuff now with mm-hmm. like disinfecting surfaces. So like if you go to a restaurant or you go to like somewhere so there's all these rules around you can't sit at a certain table up until it's all like disinfected and things are done and all that i think bots for that sort of stuff would be great because that is just a repetitive job it's the same at that point you know are bots effectively going to be in line to replace waiting staff that is very true actually but a bot you would say would not be able to have the humor and the the you know why do you tip a waitress or a waiter mm. sorry at a, at a table in a restaurant you tip them because they build up rapport with you and make your dining experience more enjoyable yeah surely we're a long way off a bot being able to do that maybe not maybe one day in three years mm. yeah one day in three years um but also also i think i think yeah like it would just be weird having a bot bringing like your food out and like especially if you go to like one of those independent little italian restaurants i mean how are they going to come and do the old parmesan on your like this <laughs> do you know what i mean that would just be weird just might malfunction start grating its fingers yeah exactly just get like little metal shavings rather than, <laughs> rather than parmesan on your pasta i don't know i'm i, I yeah I'm, I'm a little bit old school like that i think but, but do you know what fair enough he's he's changed the game a lot um already so i'll put it down to him um something else that i want to bring your attention to we're just going to kind of riff a little bit here uh paypal are going to allow um uk users to buy and sell cryptocurrencies this is in the news and 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 people are getting a little bit concerned about it because there's an alarming statistic that 14 percent of uk crypto buyers funded their purchase using debt according to figures released by the FCA in June. Uh, while many are no doubt using crypto as a bit of harmless fun with small amounts of money they can afford to lose, some, some consumers are, are at risk of getting sucked in and spat out by Ooh. a crypto craze. So PayPal's presence is a positive in that it's high-profile public-listed company, which is already subject to regulati- uh, regulatory scrutiny. So whilst basically what they're saying that whilst the cryptocurrency craze is a little bit wild west, wild west still, and that needs to be addressed, it's good news that someone like PayPal is entering because it's going to just begin to firm up. Um, I, I suppose put the spotlight on it more and, and, and make sure that there is a little bit more rigor around this. And that also maybe people won't be so stupid because <clears throat> there'll be a bit more understanding and education around it. Yeah. And I, and I also think... Um, just going back to that point that the kind of crypto thing bought with debt, that's because it's just been so glamorized these days. Like uh, there's so many high flying, like, well, um, Mr. Elon Musk buying. Yeah. Elon Musk. But even, even so my, um, I've, I've got a cousin, um, who is nine years old, I think. Um, and he, he's in that kind of YouTube, uh, phase where, all his friends have these YouTube gaming channels and all this sort of stuff. But anyway, um, he he was talking to me about crypto and he said, 
he said, because um, I asked him, I was like, how's school going? You look forward to your new year in September, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, you know, what do you want to do when you're a bit older? All these sorts of things. He went, I want to be a cryptocurrency um, person. I went, okay, uh, what do they do? He goes, oh, well, KSI made seven million pounds in like two months from crypto. So that's all I want to do. And I'm thinking, all right, who's this KSI? I then kind of knew who he is. Logan Paul and KSI. Yeah, like KSI that. is this right. like yeah, yeah. big YouTuber. Um, and then anyway, so I watched some of these videos because I was like, I was genuinely, I was like, how does a nine-year-old kid know about crypto and how much money you make and all this sort of stuff? Watched his videos and he was literally just like glamorizing like how much money he had made and, and what had happened and, and all this sort of stuff. And I, I think if you were young, impressionable, or if you were quite frankly desperate and you need quick money, I think a lot of people would maybe take loans, put it into there with a view of, you know, and I think that it, we've talked about it on here before about the regulation piece for it. Right. And, and how it needs to be regulated and monitored and, I'm happy that something's been done because I don't think anyone really. But at the minute, it's like a form of gambling, and people can very quickly get themselves in very. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think there's any difference between me putting hundred pounds into Bitcoin or, or Ethereum or whatever. Um, that's taking a punt, and I could then also on a Friday night put in a hundred quid into my Skybet account and put a hundred quid on, I don't know, Jack Grealish to score. And, and, and do you know what I mean? Like, if it's just quick money, it is just a form of punting or put it on a few horses or whatever. So, mm. yeah, I think, yeah, I, th I think it's, it's, it's like anything. It just needs to be looked at a little bit more, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, in the future. Last, last thing I'm going to mention, uh, Global Equality Collective, the GEC, Cat Wildman, we've had on this podcast a number of, a number of times, sorry. Uh, they have got a video up on LinkedIn, if you connect with Cat. Uh, they're trying to raise. Their raise is open. Uh, we'd absolutely love for you to all own a piece of the company, they say, that you've helped us build. So uh, have a look. They put a really nice, colourful kind of video up about what they're doing uh, to go with that post. They've done it really well. So it's worth having a look at. They're a company that have been... Um, on this podcast they're trying to do good things support them if you can i think that there would be an investment you know that is not about gambling that's just about trying to do some good in the world and helping some people so they've been on the podcast cat wildman go check it out akish thanks for joining me today no problem at all no problem the sun is shining maybe Ooh. we are going to get that heat wave after all oh who knows <laughs> let's wait and see what happens yeah i won't put any money on it nah Yeah, this